Hey, Cracked fans. As winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Crack Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new court equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over grips, replacement grips. They've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro, which all of you Gamma String users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma Strings, maybe now's the time to start, but they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. We here at Crack Rackets try to use our podcast as a platform to share with you listeners some of the many brilliant voices covering our beloved sport of tennis. Now, of course, that includes coverage of all of the levels of the game. When we're talking juniors or college tennis, you know we're going to have Colette Lewis, Matt Stachowiak, Chris Halioris. When we're talking challenger tennis, it's Judson Wall, David Gertler. When we're talking ATP, WTA action, Ben Rothenberg, Tumaini Cariel, Blair Henley. Nick McCarville. We've even had people like James Blake, Jean-Michael Gamble come on and talk some tennis with us. We've been so fortunate to be able to share so many great voices, so many brilliant tennis minds with all of you listeners. One of the things I am so excited about moving forward is going to have the opportunity to expand our Cracked Rackets teams even further uh, to, again, broaden the sorts of voices you are hearing covering our sport of tennis. In particular, we here at Cracked Rackets always love to shine a light on the underserved aspects of the game the challenger tennis future circuit college game there is so much talent in those ranks right now and of course there's so much action to follow day in day out week in week out it's hard to keep track of all of the action that's what our job here is at cracked rackets that's why you tune into the podcast because we try to do that here for you and we are so excited to be bringing a new team member onto our cr team to help accentuate our coverage of the game to help improve and increase all the various levels of the sport that we are able to inform all of you listeners on. That's what we have on today's podcast, the introduction of a brand new contributor here to everything we are doing at Cracked Rackets. And some of you who listen to this podcast very likely are active on tennis Twitter. And as such, you're going to know our latest, uh, our newest, I should say, contributor here at Cracked Rackets by his tennis Twitter personality profile. He of course, also has served as a writer for Last Word on Tennis. He recently founded 
a brand new podcast that we are so excited to be bringing on to our Cracked Rackets podcast network. Of course, I am referring to Damian Cust, who we are so excited to be bringing on to our team. Now, Damian, for those of you who don't know, does have a challenger-centric profile of coverage thus far. He's been so good pre-pandemic on being on the ground for so many different European challengers, talking to players on the ground there, following their developments from not just the challenger level to the ATP circuit, but from the ITF juniors onto the future circuit, then to the challenger level. And ultimately, you know, I feel like once they're off to the ATP game, he kind of lets them go because at that point we're all aware of them. But Damien's knowledge of the lower levels of the game, of those players rising up the ranks, I would argue second to none in terms of, again, if you want to know what's happening on the Challenger Tour, there are few better people in the world, and maybe none, to talk to than Damien. And we are so excited on today's podcast to introduce Damien to all of you listeners. We're going to have him tell you all about how he started covering the sport, about the sort of content you can expect from him here at Cracked Rackets moving forward. That's going to include this ATP Challenger podcast at the beginning of every week on our GSP feed. It's also going to include him as a contributor on the mini break, some articles he's got writing for our website, CrackedRackets.com. He's already written his first on the young, talented Czech men on tour, which we talk about a little bit on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. We were hoping this podcast was going be a little bit shorter and we were going to throw it as an introduction on his first episode this week, uh, but then we just ended up having too much fun. We ended up chatting about some things related to uh, his upcoming podcast. So if you re- hear us refer to his upcoming Challenger podcast, rest assured, we are going to release this introduction episode simultaneously with his first Challenger pod. So again, perhaps you listened to that Challenger pod first accidentally and you're like, who was that? I really liked his work. Am I going to get to hear more of it? Then now you get to hear more from Damien, and yes, hear what he has planned here at Cracked Rackets moving forward. But again, we wanted to release those podcasts at the same time, just so you know a little bit more about Damien, so that when you see him on our various Cracked Rackets podcasts moving forward, it's not going to surprise you. You're not going to think, did Alex gain an accent? I wish I sounded as beautiful as Damien does, but no, we are so excited again to add him to our rotating cast, to add him to our Cracked Rackets team. Before we get to my conversation with Damien, Of course, I have to remind all of you listeners the reason we are able to do this day in, day out here at Crack Rackets is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, because of the support we get from our Patreon family, and of course, because of the support we get from our friends at Turner Grip. You guys know the deal. It's the only grip out there that gets tackier. When you sweat, its performance in hot and humid conditions is unmatched. And did you know that purplish, bluish hue color that can be seen on rackets of hundreds of touring pros is trademarked? Yep, it is by our friends at Turner Grip, who you know. They're the best in the business. You can find them anywhere you are buying your products. For us, of course, it's at MidwestSports.com. But if you would like to join the Turner Grip family, you can contact them by emailing sales at UniqueSports.com or calling 800 554 3707. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. So grateful for our friend at friends at Turner Grip support. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. With that in mind, let's get to the podcast where I can introduce our newest Cracked Rackets team member, Damien Cust.
joining us on the podcast today, and I should say hosting today's podcast and joining our Cracked Rackets moving forward. We are so excited to introduce someone you may know as a writer on Last Word on Tennis. You may know his Challenger Tennis Recap podcast. I know him as my friend Damian Cuss. Damian, welcome to our Cracked Rackets family. How are you doing today, my friend? Great. It's Monday. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here and to, to start this journey. Oh, absolutely. I would say more than anything else, you might be excited. We are ecstatic, Damien, to have <laughs> you as part of our CR team. And, you know, for those who listen to this podcast, they likely also follow Tennis Twitter. And if you are on Tennis Twitter, it's a guarantee you have seen at least one tweet from Damien over the course of your time there. And just to start things out, Damien, how did you get into the sport? What led you to becoming the tennis Twitter personality you are today? <laughs> tennis Twitter personality, okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, back in the day, it was just watching random matches on TV. Uh, I think, you know, how much time do we have? Can I, can I be really? <laughs> yeah, and it, I, I'm going to try to be concise, but, but you know, I might. <laughs> it was probably the 2012 Australian Open final, which, you know, back in the day, I used to watch some random matches mostly grand slams but it wasn't it, it definitely wasn't a normal thing for me to just sit down in front of the tv for six hours and <laughs> just be so excited about a, a tennis match and that's <laughs> where it all started then then the london olympics were, were a big thing for me and then then it just naturally went all the way to to to, to watching 15ks and challenger qualies and all uh, back in 2017 i it was actually a friend who was trying to start a tennis website and then i just randomly decided to maybe help him and it turned out to be something that i really enjoyed and i stayed there uh, i joined twitter i think in 2019 and and it also gave me a lot of fun and a lot of, a lot of appreciation like before that i was you know writing but i felt like no one's really reading that no one's really seeing and on, you know, just being on Twitter allowed me to to see that there are people that that read this stuff, and there are people that think that it's any good, and that's that's what's keeping me in the in the business, so to speak. No, oh, no, glad to hear that is an origin story we can relate to here at Cracked Rackets. I have to say, so that 2012 Australian Open, one of my hot takes, and this is a good litmus test of how you'll fit in here at Cracked Rackets. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. You know, that final, Djokovic-Nadal, historic, what was it, 9-7 Djokovic in the fifth set that he ends up seven, winning five. that match. Oh, 7-5, excuse me. See, that shows you how well I know that final because, mm. to me, it was the semifinal of that tournament. Murray-Djokovic, they play like a four-hour semifinal. For Djokovic yeah. to bounce back and have the performance he did in the final, that was the story for me because the better match, in my opinion, the most physical match I've ever seen on a tennis court was that 2012 Australian Open semifinal between Murray and Djokovic. Am I crazy here, Damien, or what do you think? I will, you know, maybe a bit back out from this question because, <laughs> I, as I said, that was like the first match that I really, you know, yeah. sat down and thoroughly watched from the first ball to the last, and I would have to rewatch that, that that semi. I mean, I I I am sure I've seen some highlights, but I, I don't think I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate but your it, honesty. It was great. I mean, uh, I I think it's it's. It, makes that that one victory for Djokovic at the Australian Open definitely his best slam because he went through these two five setters in a row 
so as you said in in terms of physicality that's a wonderful achievement well can i just say again a willingness to say what you don't know that's something desperately needed here at crack rackets i just fake it till i make it so i appreciate your <laughs> honesty your candidness damien yes again how someone goes and you sort of mentioned it there uh but that pathway from watching grand slams to watching 15ks and getting into the challenger level and the nitty-gritty of the sport that's not something that a lot of fans feel the need to experience you know when you're feeling that it means you have truly fallen in love with the sport and to hear you say you started you know writing around and helping your friend with a website in 2017 i'm dancing over here damien because i also started this podcast in 2017 so next year when we hit five-year anniversaries we can do that together um but you know for you because this podcast our listeners are about to hear today your podcast which focuses on the atp challenger tour is a very nuanced thing in tennis right and if everyone follows the slams everyone knows federer Djokovic, Nadal, Serena, Halep, but not everyone follows the Challenger Tour, the Future Circuit, that closely. What led you to dive into those ranks of the professional game? Uh, for me, it was definitely seeing it live uh, mm-hmm. back in 2018, actually. Uh, I somehow decided to go to Sopot Challenger. I basically knew I knew the names, recognized them from the internet, but I just, you know, saw a few. Before that, I, uh, I've seen, a, I had seen like a f- couple of players from there uh, you know, on TV because you know, the, simply challengers aren't aren't on on national TV here and aren't in pretty much any country. So mm-hmm. it was a bit of a weird decision, I guess, especially as I went there alone. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was definitely a shock how good the level was, and I think it. It's, it happens like like that for many people who just you know, decide to watch a, a challenger match that they're expecting something of low quality, something they will struggle to watch, and then it turns out that all these guys can can really play. I mean, that there's the, the difference between them and the, and the, maybe not the very top, but but the guys in the in the top 100 isn't that great. Isn't that you know, the difference isn't that big? And for me, it was quite a quite a shock and i i really enjoyed also the you know the the, the low-key atmosphere of challengers like when you go to a to a huge event like uh, a master thousand event or something everything is you know that you won't be let to cl- close the stars and you know just everything is you know, there's security there's every and when you go to a challenger it's like the players are you know you can just come <laughs> come over to them and just say a few words. Uh, I think this atmosphere is what what makes tennis great. I think for for a fan, uh, the experience at the Challenger is in some ways even better than than than, than on tour level events. I would echo that sentiment a hundred percent. It's it's the intimacy of the event, right? It's the yeah. fact, as you mentioned, it's it's you know not the biggest crowds. We'd love those crowds to get bigger. We would love for a challenger event to feature, you know, thousands of people in the finals, in the stands. And for some events across the country, that is the case because, uh, across the country, excuse me, across the globe, that is the case because there are certain countries that value having that pro tennis event more than others. But to your point, you know, it's a very similar origin story for me. I was, you know, 
growing up here in the United States. For me, it was when are we going to get another American men's singles slam champion? And the generation of Fritz, Kozlov, Michael Moe, Tiafo, Opelka, they were having all of this success at the ITF junior level. And, you know, they were winning junior slams. They were winning Kalamazoo, all the big American events. And my question was, well, where can I see them try and dabble in the pro circuit? And the answer to that question is at the futures and challenger level. And unfortunately, you know, future streams are getting better, but they weren't as good back in the, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s. The good news was there was always a challenger stream, right? And I can distinctly remember, I think it was 2014 Sacramento when Kozlov lost to Sam Query in the final. And it was like, how did Kozlov already make a challenger final? And from there you had, you know, Taylor Fritz wins the junior U.S. Open, then goes on this two-week run at the ATP challenger level. The next uh, winter he makes the final in Memphis and just his ATP career is launched. You saw it happen with Tiafo. You've seen it happen with so many players across the globe. And it's not just America. Obviously, this happens for so many players. That's the fun part, right, Damien, is that you look at the ATP challenger records, particularly of late with Carlos Alcaraz and FAA resetting a lot of the records. But you look at the players at the top of that list, it's like, you know, it's always Nadal, Djokovic, Del Potro, and then honestly, Richard Gasquet is also probably the best ATP teenager of the 21st century. It's like, it's always those guys who started out at the challenge level, who were setting records at that level, and then obviously went on to set records in the professional game too. Yeah, I mean, everyone goes through this level, and I think exactly. what, what illustrates it best is the is that wonderful stats of the number of top 100 players currently that do not have a challenger title, and it's only one. Uh, so, you know, Milos Raonic <laughs> was the only you know, lucky or unlucky guy to skip through that level. Uh, some some just, just blast through it, like Nick Kyrgios played eight, I believe, challenger events. But, you know, the, the, the tour has a great mix of, of youngsters and veterans, but I think it's always the, the future stars that, that are the most interesting. You, you always look for the, the next bright talents that you're going to first see on the, on the futures or challenger tour, and then you're going to follow their careers on, on the big stages. Yeah, absolutely. And with that in mind, that gets us to the topic of today's podcast, the topic of your episodes moving forward. And for our Crack Rackets listeners getting to talk to Damien, I know uh, how excited he is. I'll obviously let you share that yourself, but how excited we are as well at Crack Rackets to be bringing your show here onto our podcast. It's a challenger-focused show. Uh, You talk about what happens week in, week out on the ATP Challenger Tour for listeners tuning in. In, obviously for the first time this week what can they expect from this show yeah uh actually th- this episode was the first one with, uh, with a new co-host uh we're gonna get to know him in a, in a few minutes uh <laughs> i think it went really well so he's definitely here to stay and we basically recap the action of what had just happened on the on the challenger tour so the the events the events of the previous week and then we look at next week's draws try to have some fun guessing winners, try to have some fun <laughs> thinking who might do well. But honestly, I, I, may I just warn you that on the Challenger Tour, it's never this easy. It's never the top seeds making the finals. It's <laughs> the difference between the players ranked like 10 and 110 and, and then 10, uh, 110 and 210 is just, you know, it's definitely not the same thing. And on the Challenger Tour, you can always expect uh, a random qualifier or 
or a wild card making it through and it makes it all the way you know makes it all the more exciting so you know that's that's the show basically we we just yeah. recap what happened and then then preview what's gonna go next it's always you know right uh, at the end of the week before the before the before the next one starts or maybe right as the next one starts absolutely they listeners can expect this podcast every monday on our great shot podcast feed if it changes you know we will let you know in advance i don't want to i don't want to pencil you you know lock you in damien i understand <laughs> things happen in schedule so as you mentioned early in the week um but yeah you talk about unseated players it are it's those young players it's the lorenzo musetti who plays his first few challenger events last fall and now is comfortably inside the top 100 sebastian corda played you know i guess the french open breakthrough was the big thing to start off his restart campaign but he's won two challengers since then a guy like brandon nakashima a guy like casper zook who i want to talk about quickly here because and please correct my pronunciation if i'm wrong but obviously uh let's see if i get a white did i say hello my friends say hello my friends for me in polish uh i Is didn't understand Vitaj mój przyjacielu. Did ah, I get it wrong okay. there? Vitaj mój przyjacielu. I've tried there to say hello, my friend. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, in Polish, not it was bad. pretty decent, but I couldn't understand the przyjacielu. <laughs> so, okay. mm, you know, it needs some work. Uh, I think your pronunciation of Kacper Żuk needs some work too. <laughs> okay, so przyjacielu. Przyjacielu. Oh, przyjacielu. No, you, you you can't get the you know, second, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the CYJ. It's, yeah, it's przy. Przyjacielu. It's, okay, so it's really hard practice. for someone who, who you know who hasn't practiced <laughs> this these consonants, these weird weird sounds that we have. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, but I did I get the Vitae correct? Yeah, Vitae Vita is Vita is great, yeah. Okay, I'm working on it. I will get better as we move forward, I promise. But uh, in terms of the results we saw this past week, and I'm going to butcher it again, so I'm just going to say Casper now because I'm too afraid to say his last name. But uh, you look at the ATP Challenger Tour results. He's now made six straight quarterfinals at ATP Challenger levels. I believe it's three straight semifinals as well. Ultimately wins the Challenger title this past week on the red clay. Heck of a result from him who's now, you know, inside the top 200 for his first time in his career. Yes, he's, you know, 21, 22 years old. And for the greatest of the greats, that breakthrough into the top 100 can happen before they're 20 years old. But for him to have this sort of start to his 2021 season, uh, it's been stellar to me. Curious your thoughts. I'm sure you're about to talk about him in this episode, but I just got to sneak in a quick tease. Yeah, I don't think it really came out of nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a pretty funny thing that uh, it was really close for you to have him in college tennis, actually, mm-hmm. because before the ATP Cup in 2020, he was contemplating whether to, to go to college. I can't remember which school that was. Uh, but anyhow, you know, after he defeated uh, Denis Novak and played Marin Cilic close there, he decided to to stay. And I think he's actually had that form since the fall last year. But mm-hmm. he only played a few challengers because the, you know after the after and during well the pandemic is still here. So during the pandemic, the challenger cutoffs got really high, and he basically was forced to stay on the ITF circuit. He won mm-hmm. the three twenty five Ks last fall. Uh, Hamburg, Poznan, and Valle de Lobo, and I think it was only you know, a matter of time before he, this started. I obviously didn't expect six straight quarterfinals in a row. I mean, that, that's just insane, especially as he had to qualify for two of these draws. 
but I think he's proven now that he's definitely not a player that should be starting his qualifying campaigns from uh, his challenger campaigns from qualifying and hopefully he's not going to be able to do that anymore with, with his new ranking it's 172 on Monday I'm very excited to to see how he progresses it's been you know back like two years ago he was in in a low at a, at a low point he was um, you know contemplating that decision to go to college which is obviously which obviously wouldn't be a bad move but as it turns out he was able to make it on his own and he's going to be starting uh he's going to be teaming up with a with a new coach very soon uh he the the, the coach used to used to work with Michał Przysiężny, the Polish former number 57 of the ATP rankings. So there's a lot of things to be excited about in the in the near future for Zhuk. Yeah, if you're a mainstream Polish tennis fan, you're excited about the Hercats uh, title in Miami, as you should be, by the way. A Masters 1000 title doesn't happen every week. But if you're the hardcore Polish tennis fan, <laughs> you're on the Casper bandwagon. I agree with you. 41-9 and nine since uh, the tour restarted in August. You mentioned the three 25K titles. He adds a challenger title to that uh, resume as well. And inside the top 200 comfortably deserves to be there. Again, I don't want to get ahead of your podcast, so I will save the rest of the conversation for then. I will also throw in, because I know Brooksby, uh, Jensen Brooksby, a guy who we know well here at Crack Rackets, also won a title last week. And just, you know, you watch a lot of challenger tennis. I watch a lot of challenger tennis. I will continue to watch Brooksby and be in awe because, right, he doesn't have that big weapon. He doesn't have that thing he does that's just significantly better than every one of his opponents except for just the way he competes. Guy makes so many balls on the court. Curious your thoughts on Brooksby earning challenger title number two this season. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, it's a, it's such a unique play style. The, the strokes are so so weird when you look at them, and yet, mm-hmm. yet it works, uh, you know, especially if he keeps working on that serve. And mm-hmm. he, the only way is up. I'm only curious how he's going to be on other surfaces. I mean... He's well established that he that he can do well on North American hard courts and not only North Americans. He also won in Potchefstroom this year, but I'm totally unsure of how he'll do on on clay or grass. So actually, how his schedule will be. But I also I actually read a, a very interesting interview today done by mm-hmm. done by Mike Cation uh, for the ATP website with Brooksby, and I think his mentality is absolutely amazing. I mean, he he was just talking about not caring about the rankings, like you know, it's. Uh, Iga Świątek actually has said a, a very similar thing lately that it's not um, it's not a sprint it's a it's a marathon, and you know he doesn't care if he's 200 or 150 right now it's it's all it's all the training process it's all in the in the work that he has to put in and it's it all leads to a to a great career and I, uh, I'm super excited to keep watching him as he gives a lot of variety to the tour. There's really no one that plays like him. Yeah, it reminds me of Stefan Kozlov back in those 2014, mm-hmm. 15, 16, just the way they move the ball around. Now, Kozlov doesn't, I think, have the... I guess Brooksby a little more solid off of both wings. He's hitting through the ball more frequently than Kozlov, who plays that slice on that backhand wing. But it's just the way they make opponents uncomfortable. It's the way you think you're baiting them into hitting you a short ball that you can attack. In reality, they want you to attack a short ball because they're going to hit that first passing shot low at your feet. And then those two passing shot combos, uh, obviously Jensen Brooksby 
won a challenge, another challenger title using that this week. And in that same article I know you're referring to, I think they had the stat. It's Brooksby, Munar, Zook, and I think Liam Brody was the fourth, who are your win percentage leaders on the challenger tour through, you know, minimum 15 matches. Um, that makes sense. Like, all of those guys have been that consistent week in, week out. And again, we talk about this when we have David Gertler on. When you can rip off, you know, a month consecutively of success at the challenger level, it means you're probably ready to be there. It means you're ready to be a two, top 200 player. When you can do it for two, three months in a row, it means you're ready to probably be pay, playing ATP-level matches. And you look at guys like Brooksby. Obviously, we saw Munar do it in Marbella a few weeks ago. Zook. Uh, these are all going to be guys who make noise at the ATP level, right? Given if the challenger circuit is any prelude to that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe maybe not Brody because he's kind of you know, <laughs> failed in in the bigger matches. He's still yet to win uh, win at the Challenger Tour title. But pretty much uh, any winner of at least two events or someone uh, who went went, went extremely and cons- added cons- extremely consistently, like Juk or Munar. But I'm talking about guys like Brooks Brooksby or, for example, Sebastian Baez earlier. Uh, they're all making impact also on the on the on the main tour, like the Cherundolo brothers. Basically, yeah, I, I would totally agree that if you're making these semifinals, quarterfinals consistently, consistently, then just try a few main tour qualities and one of these events is going to work out for you. I mean, it's it, the, the level really isn't that far off. It's all in the mentality. It's all in small details. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so it's, it's Shuk. Casper Shuk. Shuk. Did I yeah. get that closer? Okay. All right. That I can do. I think I can nail that one. That's perfect. But yes, again, I know these are things you are all going to talk about in your podcast, and we're a little bit over. I expected this intro. That's half the fun. Welcome mm. to Crack Rackets, Damien. Uh, you think a podcast is going to be 30 minutes? No, 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 no. Try an hour 30 minutes. But uh, anyways, my final question for you, because again, for our listeners, we're going to have Damien on this podcast every Monday. He and his co-host, who he's about to introduce to you, will be recapping the channel. Challenger Tour. My plan is to have him on at least one mini break episode with me a week as well, talking about not just the Challenger Tour, but some of the other trends we see happening across the tennis world. But you're also going to be doing some writing for Crack Rackets, and that gets me to my final piece. I asked you to write about the countless Uh, It feels like young Czech men having success right now at the ATP Challenger Tour. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I'm feeling very self-conscious about my pronunciations right now, Damien, if you can't tell. And again, this is a good thing because I want to be better. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, the most noticeable one, uh, you have Thomas Machak, who... I won a challenger title a couple weeks ago uh, and has been such so, so solid on the ATP challenger level. You've got Yuri Laheka. You've got a bunch of – Zidane Kolar just won himself a challenger title a few weeks ago as well. Talk me through, you know, brief synopsis of the article, some of the players who have stood out most to you. Yeah, uh, my check also isn't great. My I mean, check. Thank you, thank you. I needed that. Uh, but uh, some of these, I, I I know how to get how to make it a little bit better. As then a collar was perfect. I think that 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 one is easy. <laughs> collar just won. Uh, obviously, collar just won a challenger tour event. I think he has some great potential with the intensity he brings on the course. I. I people laugh at me when I make this comparison, but he really has that David Ferrer energy. Yeah, like just 
he simply has too much energy. Yeah, he's, he's always jumping, fidgeting, yeah. right? He's just moving constantly. I love that. Yeah, he's pretty much jumping around the court in between points, and that that's what also for uh, used to do. Uh, Ijil Hechka, I think it would be the pronunciation for that guy. Uh, he's been just rapidly progressing through the ITF circuit. He's just 19. Uh, the same for Jonas, Jonas Foretek, uh, who had the, the most junior success out of them. Uh, well, basically, the, the point of the article is that uh, when, whenever you look at, at men's Czech tennis right now, if you just you know, finish at the top 100 level, you're going to be like, oh, they're in trouble. But it actually isn't that way. I mean, uh, they only have one top 100 player right now, Iži Vesely. But uh, when you look at how they're developing the youngsters, when you look at how how many train, uh, training uh, centers and how they're really focusing on getting a lot of development of youth. Uh, just look for these potential talents around the country. It's actually quite shocking how many young, how many great youngsters are coming from 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 Czechia. I mean, there are ten ten and a half million people, I think, there, and they they have always had that very rich tradition in tennis. And it's probably why they, they, they keep doing this. I mean, because people are simply really interested. They are still insp- inspired by the success of you know, people like Lendl, Kvitova, or you know, Jana Novotna, and, and, and all the, 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 the parents and the kids are still, inspired, are still inspired by Czech tennis legends. And it helps them bring a, build a wonderful system. If you, it turns out if you invest a lot of money in, in, in youngsters, you're actually going to get a, a huge army of them. And that's what's coming to the, to the men's circuit. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if money actually helps. That feels a little crazy, Damien. I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. So then, last one before we get to your pod. During the 2020s, mo- most likely to win a men's singles Grand Slam title. The young Americans, the young Czechs, or neither? Uh, young Americans, still. But because of Korda? Yeah, because of guys like Korda Nakashima. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been no it's 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 easier because they are like a year or two older than than mm-hmm. than Foretek or Lehechka. I mean Foretek has been the, the junior world number one. Obviously we've seen a lot of junior world number one uh, ones flop and just never never even achieved the top one hundred. But I think it's not simply, recently though, right? Yeah. With like Rune, Massetti, I mean, uh you can go on and on. It feels like the the most recent ones have been very, very good. Yeah, and it's simply very early to tell, but I, yeah. I don't know. Just looking at Korda and Makashima, I think mostly I would still go with, with, with the States. But yeah. it, it can be both. It can be all three answers, honestly. <laughs> it's the beautiful nature of making tennis predictions that you probably do not know, but you can still have fun. That's the fun. And, like, is anyone going to remember in five years that you said the Young Americans? No. Well, uh, and that's probably what it's going to happen. If Korda or Nakashima right? win a slam in the next <laughs> five years, then I'm going to remind them. But if, you know, if, 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 if it's not going to happen, then then probably I hope I hope no one remembers. Exactly. This is one of those takes that can fade into the background if need be. But, again, Damien, we are so excited to have you here as part of our Crack Rackets team. Again, I'm going to work on my Polish moving forward. I've got some Polish roots in me, so I'm sure I can find oh. that ZY pronunciation uh, somewhere down there. But again, for our listeners, A, just one more time, what can they expect from you moving forward and where can they follow all of your work day in, day out? 
uh, well, you're going to be able to follow yeah, some of my work on Crack Rackets. But definitely, I would just recommend uh, my Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I, I put most of my best work on there. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm definitely focusing on the on the challenger circuit, but as as you mentioned, we're, I'm also keeping up with with the main tour, and I'm gonna be uh, sharing some of my thoughts about it here too. So uh, I hope you're gonna uh, be happy to hear some you know some other people than than Alex, <laughs> and that, that I'm gonna be uh, a good you know, maybe not uh, a repla- not a replacement, but. Uh, um no just teammate. a good addition good yeah a good addition yeah. to the to the crack rackets team so no look for every mike brian there's a bob brian for yeah. every jack sock there's a vashik pospisil for <laughs> you know all of these t- i'm i'm looking for my pospisil still i haven't found it and so uh i'm hoping that's you damien yes again oh. we are so yeah that's that's a high stakes by the way if you and by yeah. the way if you go off and form a cracked rackets ptpa equivalent i'm not gonna be happy <laughs> about that so maybe i'm not looking for my pospisil but no of course damien we are so excited to have you here at cracked rackets uh uh, obviously, apologies for the long intro, but I know our listeners are going to be excited to not hear my voice every day. Uh, so welcome to the team, my friend. It is a pleasure to have you, and we look forward uh, to all of your work moving forward. Yeah, thanks for the trust, and, and I'm hoping to do the best I can. Yes, and I promise next time I'll show up on time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope all of you enjoyed getting to know our newest Cracked Rackets contributor, Damien Cust. Again, Damien going to be launching his podcast on our GSP feed at the beginning of every week covering the ATP Challenger Tour. I am so excited to get him as a rotating contributor on our mini break podcast as well. I feel like you guys are here, uh, sick of hearing my solo monologue. So, you know, again, between him, between Jamie, we'll get Matty Stacks back in the mix as he gets more free time this summer. Certainly, David Gertler going to continue to contribute. It's not just going to be me. And again, we are continuing to look to expand our team. So if any of you heard this podcast and thought to yourself, hey, I would really love to get into tennis media. I don't know what sort of outlet or what exactly I can contribute, but I think I can contribute. Contact us at Cracked Rackets. That's what we wanted Cracked Rackets always to be, a platform for those young aspiring uh, people who want to cover this sport. You don't even have to be young, by the way, whatever age you are. If you think you can contribute to coverage of the game there is going to be a home for you here at cracked racket so as always you want to contact us uh you can do so in the dms on twitter instagram facebook youtube at cracked rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod a shout out as always by the way to our super producers max flinger and daniel westoff the men's behind the the men behind the scenes who make everything here possible and who as always have a of an editing job to do again if you want to hear damien's first episode just scroll up on your Great Shot podcast feed. You'll see these episodes were released simultaneously. We wanted to introduce him to all of you listeners so that you can all now understand why we are so excited for his weekly episodes moving forward, again, covering the Challenger Tour here 
on the Great Shot podcast feed. Rest assured, though, just because we have Damien on the show does not mean that we can't continue to cover the Challenger Tour twice now a week on these podcasts. We're still going to get David Gertler in the mix. It's just going to be nice not to have a backlog now of things to talk about. So, you know, we can expand our coverage there. Of course, we're still going to be covering all of the ATP WTA level action day in, day out on our mini break podcast feed. And of course, going to be talking to players, coaches from across the tennis world on our Cracked Interviews podcast. So like, rate, subscribe, review to all of our shows. Please share it with your friends. I wouldn't ask if it didn't help us with the computers. So, you know, it takes like 30 seconds, five stars, click, you're done. And I won't have to bother all of you about it anymore. But again, so excited to have Damien on the team. You want to read his first article about the Young Czech Men. You can find it on our website as well as all of our other content, which is on that website, CrackedRackets.com. You guys know the deal. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at GreatShotPod. Shout out to our friends at Turna Tennis who make it all possible. Contact sales at UniqueSports.com or call 800-554-3707 if you would like to join the Turna team. But with that in mind, for my wonderful guest and co-host moving forward, Damian Cust, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turn to Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.